Strata Peeps, this is episode 152, where I'm going to talk about uh, blessed renovations. <laughs> I'm going to pick on hard flooring, um, but the renovations that I'm directing my attention to are renovations that an owner or occupier might do within their lot, within a body corporate. Everybody's watched the block, everybody's watched changing rooms, and we're all rushing out to Bunnings and buying the click together floors, tins of paint, and that's what we're getting into. As a body corporate, we know that everyone, it's community living, everyone needs to get along, you need to be friends, you need to be mindful of the noise that you create, and sometimes people are not as mindful as they could be. So I'm going to give you Two examples. I'm going to give you the example of what happens where a body corporate is not prepared for renovations and an example of a body corporate that is prepared for renovations. So renovations um, are inevitable. The buildings that we have are getting older. People are going to buy into them. They're going to want to freshen up inside. They're going to want to put their own, their own stamp on the place. And that's fine. That's understandable. So let's go with the first example, which is where there's a body corporate that's not prepared for renovations. So maybe it's an older scheme, maybe it was built in the 1980s. It's got that lovely orange uh, brick with the yellow glass that I love so much. And you've got a young couple that has bought in. There's nothing in the bylaws about renovating. Um, They're not aware of any restrictions. They don't stop to ask if there are any restrictions. They settle. And the first that the body corporate manager potentially, and the committee know about the renovations going on is that another occupier, perhaps that's underneath them, is ringing the body corporate manager saying, are you aware someone's got a jackhammer upstairs and they had it from seven o'clock on Saturday morning until seven o'clock on Sunday night. I haven't had any rest and I'm very upset. So an occupier starts creating building noise, point number one. Point number two, complaints about the building noise from other occupiers. Maybe there's also complaints about, gee whiz, the skip bin was full of a whole lot of tiles and looks like cement and looks like fibro, looks like a whole lot of stuff that's in the bin. Now the bin can't be emptied because the Brisbane City Council is saying that they won't remove um, building waste. What do we do now? Point number three, the body corporate manager has received these complaints verbally in writing. We need in writing in order for us to take a step. They then go to the committee to get some instructions. What would you like me to do, committee? Would you like me to... See if I can call these occupiers. Not so easy if we don't have their phone number, if all we have is a PO box that I'm writing to in Cooparoo where maybe they check it once a month. Maybe they just don't respond to letters from their body corporate manager. Certainly I've seen that happen. The committee says, give them a call. If you can't, if you can't get them on the phone to explain that we're not happy about this, then perhaps write them a letter. That's what we want to do. We write to them. The occupier receives the letter. They're not aware because they never read all of the contractual material, which happens very often when they bought into the scheme. What do you mean there's rules about making noise? What do you mean I'm not allowed to do what I darn well please? Uh, Don't you know that I paid $500,000 for this unit with views to the city? This is my unit, I'm going to do what I want and how dare you tell me otherwise? Quite often that is the attitude that I get and I understand, but please, please read your documents before you sign up for a very expensive purchase. So, I write letters. Maybe they get ignored, maybe they don't. Maybe the occupiers take notice. Maybe they write me an email and say, oh, I'm so sorry, we'll, um, we'll, we'll fix what we're doing. Um, you know, we're sorry we've got everybody offside. Maybe they agree to confine further work to 
uh, during the weekdays, the husband perhaps has three months off from work in order to undertake the renovations, wouldn't that be lucky? And they, they do it during work hours when there's nobody home and maybe that's the end of it. Or maybe they ignore all of the letters, they don't respond to anything, and now we're in a bylaw contravention. We're on, we're on track to do that. So at the end of all of that unsuccessful process, what we have is a bunch of pissed off occupiers. We've got some pissed off owners. How dare you tell me what I can do with my space? How dare you? We've got other pissed off occupiers saying, how dare they run the jackhammer uh, 17 hours a day when I have a very stressful job in the city as an accountant. I just wanna come home at night and read my books. That's all I wanna do. All of my peace is being disturbed. So that's an example of what might happen. What I would urge is for you, if you're in an older scheme specifically, to start thinking now about the steps that you need to take in order to be ready for renovations to take place. So this is what a scheme might do if they were wanting to be prepared for renovations. So the committee might start by um, just opening a consultation process. They might put a memo together to all owners, occupiers, say to them, look, um, we're aware the building's at an age where people are going to want to start doing things like ripping up carpet and replacing it with hard flooring. Uh, maybe they want to take out that 1980s archway into the kitchen and, you know, stick an LVR up there and make it a nice square entrance, widen out some doorways. They might want to refurbish bathrooms. We want to be ready for that. So please write to us and tell us if you're planning any renovations. Um, aside from that, we're going to go and get legal advice. Step number two would then be getting legal advice. What are the bylaws? Do we have bylaws that cover renovations? What are the bylaws that we should put in place that will allow us to properly control the process to work um, with the lot owner to ensure that this is a smooth process and to do the best we can to manage the situation for other occupiers so that they um, have peace of mind and don't find themselves getting a stroke from uh, all of the excessive noise going on and having to continually ring the body corporate manager and complain about it. So after that legal advice, which would generally include a set of bylaws, there would then be a general meeting. Now they could do this uh, slowly enough to roll it into the next annual general meeting, or if they felt strongly about it, they could call an extraordinary general meeting to have owners vote on it. Changes to the bylaws, something that owners have to vote on, not something that the committee can just voila, make it happen. It's a restricted issue for the committee. The next thing that they might look at doing is having a renovation pack, so a pack of information that is able to be provided to people as part of them seeking approval for their renovation to take place. And the pack might include information like what are the hours that noise can be made at the, co at the scheme? Uh, where are tradespeople to park? Because they will be visitors. Will there be a specific bay set aside for them? Is there going to be a skip bin? Is that going to be stored somewhere on the common property that the tradesman has access to it um, in order that all of that waste goes in there and doesn't go into the body corporate bins and cause an issue with the, the council taking that away? Um, are there going to be specific restrictions on the materials that can be used? Now, this is extraordinarily relevant for hardwood flooring and the cushioning that goes under the hardwood flooring in order to basically reduce the noise transference um, from one lot to another above, below, beside. Obviously a very big issue. The construction of your scheme uh, will, to a large extent, determine what type of 
and I'm not a builder, I don't lay floors for a living either, but this is from having read the cases and been involved in them, the, the construction of your building is going to be determinative to a large extent of what type of spongy underlay needs to go there in order to mask any sound. Also, are you having marble tiles? Are you having two inch thick marble tiles? Are you uh, just having some clipped together flooring from Bunnings? Are you having proper engineered hardwood? It may well be that you need to get an acoustic engineer involved and you need to pay for that. This is something that the bylaws might consider. The bylaws also might cover what is the noise transference level that is acceptable, reasonably acceptable. So these are all important things. And finally, uh, as part of the as part of the bylaws and as part of the committee approval process, obviously when the committee is giving approval for certain work to take place that's going to be over the top of a waterproofing membrane, which the body corporate is responsible for, the committee might want to consider having a clause in there that any time that flooring has to be ripped up in order to get to and relay that waterproofing membrane, the owner will pay for that. Otherwise, it's the body corporate that's got to pay. And you can imagine that that is insult to injury where you've got someone that has just put down hardwood flooring, then suddenly there's a leak and it's found to be the waterproofing membrane that's perished because they do perish. They do not last forever. Okay, guys, well, I hope that's a good overview.